This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, this is uh, Mark Sandy. I'm the Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics, and I'm here today to talk to you a bit about how the economy performed in 2021, and more importantly, about how I think it's going to perform in uh, 2022. Uh, and uh, with regard to that, I'll, I'm going to lay out, a, uh, I think, a relatively sanguine view on the outlook. I'll give you a sense of the underlying assumptions, uh, you know, what has to happen for uh, that view to come to pass. And then, uh, of course, uh, talk a bit about the risks, because they remain considerable uh, given the ongoing pandemic and all the uncertainty. Uh, okay, so with that as introduction, 2021 was, a, I think, it was a pretty good year, certainly in terms of growth. Uh, GDP, that that's going to come in about five and a half percent. We're going to create roughly six and a half million jobs, and of course, the year uh, is ending with an unemployment rate that's back below four percent. I think by uh, any uh, kind of metric or measure, that that's a pretty good year. In fact, better than I think uh, we were expecting at the start of the year. Uh, And I think the key to that growth was uh, largely the American, well, obviously the pandemic, the vaccinations uh, were very important uh, to turning things around. But the American Rescue Plan, that's the $2 trillion uh, fiscal support package that was passed uh, in March of 2021, really provided a lot of juice to economic growth. Uh, and uh, even to this day is providing support. That, as you re- may recall, that was more uh, PPP money, Paycheck Protection uh, Program money for the uh, for small businesses. That was uh, stimulus checks, uh, supplemental unemployment insurance, aid to state and local governments, to local education, you know, a, a rental assistance, a wider range array of uh, support. That really was uh, critical to uh, to growth. <clears throat> now, if there was a disappointment, and there was some disappointments in 2021, of course it would be inflation. That uh, it, not that it it wasn't surprising that it picked up after a, you know a very weak year in 2020 when the pandemic first hit. But uh, obviously, inflation really took off uh, in the second half of the year, and I think the it was a surprise. And I think the fundamental reason for uh, why inflation accelerated was the Delta variant of the uh, pandemic that hit the economy uh, beginning really in June, July, uh, was in full force in August and September coming into October. And that really scrambled labor markets and, 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 and supply chains, global supply chains. And in fact, Delta did a lot of damage here in the U.S., but it completely uh, cratered uh, Asia, particularly Southeast Asia, where a lot of the global supply chains begin. Uh, you know, take the vehicle industry, for example. They, it re- the vehicle producers here in the U.S. rely heavily on chips produced in Southeast Asia, in Malaysia uh, more specifically. Those chip plants shut down because of Delta, uh, and that led to uh, severe shortages of chips uh, caused producers to pull vehicle producers to pull back inventories to fall and vehicle prices to go skyward. And that's been a major contributor to the higher inflation. Uh, so uh, the inflation uh, coming into 2022 is uh, clearly a problem and on the high side 
Uh, but the good news is uh, now turning to the 22 outlook is I do think we'll, we'll have another year of good growth, uh, not quite the growth we got in 2021. I'm expecting GDP growth of about 4%, uh, down again from 5.5% in 2021. We'll get a lot of jobs, but you know it'll be you know closer to um, three, three and a half million, about half of what we saw in 2021. And I expect the unemployment rate to continue to decline. It can't go much lower. I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, inflationary pressures will develop more in earnest. So I, I do think the unemployment rate will settle in, bottom out about a year from now, end of this year, somewhere between uh, probably three, probably closer to three and a half percent, something like that. And I do ex- expect inflation to roll over here and to moderate that I do think that supply chains are, you know, still a mess, but they're moving in the right direction. I think businesses are figuring it out. And I do think uh, labor markets will be uh, unsettled uh, uh, throughout the year, uh, grappling with uh, the ongoing pandemic. The Omicron wave is the most significant thing in in the four right now. The uh, labor markets will start to settle in. We'll see some moderation in wage growth and uh, inflation should, should, uh, uh, roll over, and I do think by uh, uh, late 22, more likely early 2023, inflation will be back uh, close to the Federal Reserve's targets. Now, there's three key assumptions to this uh, kind of underlying optimism. One is around the pandemic. I'm assuming the pandemic continues to recede, and what I mean by that is not that there won't be more waves of the of the pandemic. I mean, obviously, we're, we're in the middle of one right now with Omicron, but uh, I, I think each wave of the pandemic we suffer will be less disruptive. So Omicron will do less damage uh, to the economy than did the Delta wave. Delta did less damage than the beta wave. And then, you know, you know, obviously, when we first got hit by the pandemic, that was cataclysmic. So nothing compared to that. So uh, that feels like a reasonably good assumption that, you know, the, the virus, the variants that we're getting now, uh, while, you know, more contagious uh, they're less virulent. Uh, f- fewer people are going to the hospital and certainly dying, and that uh, changes the complexion here. And, and I do think again, businesses are getting much better at kind of navigating through the waves. You know, they've identified the bottlenecks in the supply chain, the issues with regard to their staffing, and you know, still problem and it's still going to be an issue, but less so over time. So that's a, that's a you know very key assumption. Obviously, a lot of risk around that. Second key assumption is around fiscal policy. I mentioned the American Rescue Plan being critical to growth in 2021. Uh, I do think uh, the Build Back Better uh, uh, legislation that's uh, kind of stuck in Congress in Washington right now, uh, the Democrats are debating you know, that piece of legislation. I am assuming in my baseline that we do get a package uh, through Congress and signed into law sometime in February. Uh, if that does not happen, if we don't get a piece of legislation, Kind of falls uh, down in the political process, which you know is certainly a ver- very significant probability has a significant probability that will change the complexion of the outlook. The BBB does lift economic growth in uh, 2022. I-, I think it's more important in terms of longer term economic growth. I think it's key to helping uh, support labor force participation, labor force growth, and that's important to long term economic growth. And it's you know obviously very important to low middle income households who benefit the most from the social programs that are uh, in the package. But uh, it is also, because of the way it's designed, uh, would provide more growth, in, uh, provide some juice to growth in calendar year 2022. So if it doesn't get into law, 
I'll, I'll mark down my growth forecast from about 4% to something closer to uh, 3.5%. Still, you know, a pretty good year, but not quite as good. Economy might not get back to full employment until early 2023. But, but that that's a, a key assumption, second key assumption. And the third uh, is monetary policy. Uh, you know, the Fed has got a tough job here, kind of trying to conduct monetary policy, interest rate policy, balance sheet policy in a very uncertain world, the waves of the pandemic, uh, shifting uh, probabilities of what's going to happen with fiscal policy, lots of uncertainty with the data. And, uh, you know, they got a tough job uh, in trying to land the economic plane on the tarmac. Uh, and here's the assumption. I'm assuming they do it. You know, I, I don't know that it'll be perfectly graceful. I'm sure it's going to be pretty bumpy here along the way, and they may have to pivot a few more times uh, to get it just right, given all the cross currents that are affecting the landing. But I am assuming that they're, they are going to land the plane, the economic plane on the tarmac, meaning an economy that's at full employment with inflation that's pretty close to their target by the end of this year as we could make our way into uh, 2023. That's going to take some depth policy making. I think they're up for it, but again, uh, a lot of risk around that. No, let me end by saying, <clears throat> obviously, uh, there's other risks. Uh, I, I do want to call out one other thing, uh, one other risk I, I, uh, that I think is going to be critical in 2022, and that is very high asset prices. Uh, you know, Asset markets are all juiced up you can see it in the stock market. You can see it in the housing market. You know, stock prices rose almost 30% last year. Housing values nationwide rose almost 20%, depending on the index you look at. You can see it in the CRE market, commercial real estate market. Cap rates are very low for most property types in, in most markets. Uh, you can see it in the bond market. Look at the, the credit spreads. Uh, they are paper thin. They've been they've been thinner, uh, but not not very often. And of course, the crypto market that's just a poster child for a, a market that's uh, frothy and, and bordering, bordering on speculation. You know, if, uh, asset prices should be high uh, when interest rates are low. Uh, you know, that raises the present low rates raises the present value of the stream of future rents and profits and. And that lifts uh, uh, asset prices. And of course, the fundamentals in the economy are pretty good. You know, take the equity market that's driven by profit growth, and profit growth has been extraordinary. Profit margins, you know, take a look at all uh, corporate profits divided by you know, some measure of output or GDP, like an economy wide uh, uh, multiple, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, margins are, are excellent. So, good reasons for asset prices to be high, but it feels like markets are stretched, getting ahead of themselves. Speculation is creeping in, you know, meme stocks and, and the SPACs and IPO issuance, you know, you know uh, in, the, in the housing market, single family housing market, you're seeing a lot of investors start, starting to step in, you know, more, more, more of them are long-term investors as opposed to flippers, but, you know, they're, I don't think they're, long they're going to be sustainable buyers long run. So I do think as interest rates rise, and I, you know, I think it's very clearly rates are going to rise here as the economy comes into full employment, the Fed's going to raise rates. It's just a debate how many times they raise rates in 2022. We're, I'm expecting three, but I wouldn't argue rate, 25 basis point rate hikes in 2023. But I wouldn't argue with you if it's four. But uh, but uh, the higher rates will, and we'll see higher long-term interest rates as well. They're already starting to push higher. Ten-year treasury yields are back up to one and three quarters percent. Uh, and I think they're move, going to move over 2% here uh, in the spring. The result is that uh, that'll put downward pressure on on asset values, and you know, 
in, in my baseline kind of optimistic worldview, I expect markets to kind of adjust in a reasonably graceful way. Correct any correction will be short-lived, and you know we won't see significant disruptions in asset markets. But that could very well uh, be disrupted. Asset markets don't move in a straight line generally, and we could see significant corrections in prices. And if that's the case, then uh, you know that could change the contours of the outlook. I will say, at this point, <clears throat> it's hard to envision a scenario where asset prices, stock price, housing values would weaken to a degree for a long enough period that it would undermine the economy, the economic recovery. But you know, if asset prices continue to climb here, I may not be saying, saying the same thing six months from now, certainly 12 months from now. So that, that's another risk to consider. But I, I will uh, you know, uh, acknowledge that you know, the, uh, the economic outlook is uh, uh, rife with significant risk. Uh, I've called out a few things to, to follow, and there are many others that are you know, uh, obviously important to consider. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I'm still optimistic that you know, three years after this pandemic hit us, we, we will be back uh, to something we might feel more normal uh, by the end of this year, three years later. Uh, that'll be uh, quite an achievement given, given what we've been through. And that is testimonial to the strength of uh, the American dynamism of the American economy and, and of the American people. So with that, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I hope you found this of some uh, value and interest. Uh, take care now.